0: continue in their series a summer of prayer I've learned a lot in this series about how to pray it's in my mind now when I pray every time I start praying to, to, to honor God for who he is and to remember that he's the father in heaven and also to to pray that his kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven because a lot of times I want my will to be done but I gotta remember when I pray to God that I want his will to be done in my life because his will is better than my will my will's never worked out against his will and then I remember to pray for those needs that I have, that daily bread. And I felt like God has answered a big prayer in my life here recently, just by, by taking time to pray every day. Prayer to the believer is like oxygen to the body. It's what we need. We need to, to keep on living. It's prayer. As believers, we need to seek God as often as we can. But I hope you're taking time, having quiet time in prayer. And so I was supposed to do Yours is the Glory, to finish this out, but that's a big topic, so you're going to get, not yours is the glory, you're just going to have to wait for that when they come back around to this, but I got something that I want to talk to you about tonight, and I'm actually honored to be here. It's been a lot of fun worshiping with you guys tonight, and I just want to know, do I have a church that believes that God can still do something amazing here in this community, that God can still move? Do you you believe, like we sang, this is the sound of the dry bones rattling? now we're not literally hearing a sound of dry bones rattling but there are people who are dead and lost and dry with seemingly no hope out in our community and we've been put here as the church and God tells us to speak to them just like he did Ezekiel tell those dry bones where they can find life and that's through Jesus never take what you have for granted here ladies and gentlemen and what God is doing I'm telling you I'm such a big proponent of Life Academy Watching what they 're doing all week long and how they're teaching the kids the gospel, and also the kids are are, are learning, and the teachers are are really um, connecting with the students because my my daughter was was kind of an average student in public school she 's excelling now her comprehension, her math, her reading her writing, but not only that they know the stories of the Bible as well and then we have chapel on Fridays where Pastor Brian comes up here and does crazy illustrations in the in the And the young man who sang for you, I don't know why I called you young man like I'm 86 years old, but Toby has been leading worship every Friday at chapel. God's given people an opportunity to minister on Friday morning. Some of the students are running the media, Michael. We're going to send them to you soon enough so you don't have to be here every service. You know what I'm saying, man? God's doing some awesome things, and we need to be people of hope. People of hope. Instead of focusing on the nonsense, be above it. People of hope. And so I want to just read a very familiar passage of scripture. I just want to talk to you for a few minutes. I don't, I don't have a whole bunch tonight. Of course, when pastors say that, it's usually the longest message that they have ever spoke. But I just, I just want to share something with you that, that was on my heart when I was thinking about what to do. And it comes out of 2 Chronicles chapter 7, starting in verse 13. I'm not going to give you a whole bunch of context on it tonight it what happened here is after solomon built the temple and his palace he came to the most dangerous period of his life a season after great blessing and accomplishment god graciously gave solomon a fresh revelation of himself before this dangerous period and you can read the whole chapter for yourself if you want to but it says when i shut up the heavens so that there is no rain everybody say drought say drought when i shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land everybody say Devastation, drought, and devastation, or send pestilence among my people. Everybody say disease. You You like that? Alliterated all of them. You knew it was coming, didn't you? You knew it was coming. Drought, devastation, and disease. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. Can I just tell you that God does not dwell in a temple built by human hands. He is amongst us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God is here. God is here. God is here. And I just want to talk to you tonight about the missing link. I'm not going to talk to you about Cro-Magnum, man, or some kind of Darwin evolutionary theory, although Blake is looking more and more like a gorilla because he's taking that testosterone that he buys from a clinic somewhere that's on a strip mall between a takeout Chinese restaurant and a nail salon. That's where he's getting all that stuff from. I wish I was as big as you. (laughs) We're not going to talk about that kind of missing link. Yes. (laughs) Tell that to the great apes, right? (laughs) There's something missing in our life when disaster happens and we're looking for, you know, victory. I started doing something this year. Now, last summer, when I took my kids on vacation, we stayed at a condo in the beautiful state of Florida. It was awesome. We went to Universal Studios. Of course, they limited capacity, and it was everything that I dreamed of. Because when I go to a theme park and it's packed, I can't stand it. I'm difficult to deal with when it's packed. I start praying that God will separate the wheat from the tares, that rapture would happen. And then I'm like, well, I'd be left behind, I guess. But it was, it was an awesome time, a beautiful condo. Everything was set up for us. They had this nice pool. They had this big pirate ship that they could slide through. It was a great time. We took my mom with us not to babysit this time so she could get a little vacay as well. And I I love going on vacation where everything's set up for me, don't you? You just go, the bed's there, the fridge is there, everything's taken care of, right? That's an easy vacation to do. You go and people are waiting on you, people are serving you. Well, I married a woman who is not as indoorsy as I am. She's more outdoorsy, so we started doing something this year that I've grown to love. I, I, I really do have a fun time, but we started going camping. Any campers out there? I'm not talking about the glamping where you pull your RV with the dish network and your internet camping. Does anybody do any like tent camping, like real deal, deal camping? Mikey, I know you do that. You probably caught fish this big, right? I've done a lot of fishing this year. I've become a little more outdoorsy. I'm pretty proud of myself. But something I've learned about camping is it takes a ton of work just to enjoy yourself camping. There is no show up, the bed's there, you got the A.C., you got the TV, you got everything taken care of for you, like going to a restaurant and them serving you food. When you get to go camping, when you get there, it's like hours of work setting up your campsite, setting up the tent, and you know, getting the fire ready, and getting your supplies ready, and making sure you have everything, spraying yourself down for bugs. It's just a whole lot, and anything you do takes work. You can't just be like, hey, let's eat a meal unless you want to, like, eat or sausages. But, like, if you're wanting to cook something, you've got to start a fire. And I don't know if you can tell by looking at me, but I'm not exactly the fire starter. But I try. But camping is something that I've enjoyed. There's one time that, I, that like, uh, Mandy and I were camping by ourselves, and we were sleeping in the tent, and I heard this pop right outside of our tent. And it, like, freaked me out a little bit. I thought Jason Voorhees or somebody was outside of my tent, so I was like, Mandy, go check it out and see what it is <laughs> at that moment. She's like, no, you can go look at it. Look at it." And I unzipped the tent, and I shined the light, and there's a raccoon that had popped open our bin and just looking at me. And I was like, get, get. And the raccoon looked at me and was like, grabbed my bags of marshmallows and just walked on by itself. I was like, this is just so interesting, but everything takes work. I want that condo life, and that's how we want our Christianity. We want that condo life where everything's provided for us, where everything's easy, where everything's pretty, when Christianity is more like camping. The work you put into things results in something that's good and and, and pleasing and, and satisfying, but many people want it to be super easy as a Christian. They want everything to go easy. They don't want to put effort into it, but we're called to put effort into our walk with God. Yes, we're saved by grace, not by works, but that salvation produces works in us so that we can get towards a destination. Now, what I want to just talk about tonight a little bit, because here God is is talking about a situation that's going to arise, because if you read in, in... Second Chronicles chapter 6, Solomon praised this, that all these things would happen because the people have sinned against God. Now there's a lot of people now, I know Romans 1 tells us that what we're experiencing right now in our culture is a judgment from God. And it's not just all the big things, you hear about earthquakes and, you know, uh, wildfires and different things like that. I don't know if all of that can be attributed to the judgment of God or not. But I can tell you pushing gender theory on five-year-olds is a judgment of God. We've gotten to this place, okay? We've gotten to this place. Because I feel like growing up in the church my entire life, we have turned away from God. We, we can see it in our nation. Do you think things are going super well right now? I mean, they might be for you personally, but as you get up every day, it's something else stupid. It's just, just stupidity happening we got Christian people that are spending more time getting their ideologies from watching people on TikTok than they are in the Word of God. And we wonder why we get into these places like we're in in right now. And, And there is nothing that we are experiencing that God has first not allowed to happen. And it may be in your personal life, too. You're experiencing that disaster, that drought, that devastation, that disease. You may be living in what I'm just going to call tonight the win, the win, W-H-E-N. Maybe you have some kind of disaster going on. Maybe you see what's happening. I mean, I feel like we are 18 months into this, and I feel like the nonsense and the chaos is never going to stop. I feel like it's not. And I get myself frustrated because I'm not going to get up here and pretend like I'm a holy man, and I don't look online and want to participate in stupid talk. Because I want to participate in stupid talk. But I've learned to write out my post before I post it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's just, it's just constantly chaotic. And the fear that's being perpetuated to us. Not just from, you know, the disease that's, that's going on right now. But everything's about fear. And Christian people are eating it up. You think that comes from God? You think God wants you to live in a perpetual state of fear? He wants us to have faith and believe and to understand that we are more than conquerors in him no matter what's going on around us. People living in fear. Listen, what you fear the most is where you trust God the least. You may be having a lot of stuff going on in your life right now and you're fearful that it's never, ever, ever going to change and you're living in the wind. I think as a nation we're living in the wind. Right now, because he says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. That's that's the wind. The wind. The drought, the devastation, the disease. Obviously, we're experiencing the devastation. Obviously, we're experiencing the disease. We've seen parts of our country experience the drought but you personally may be experiencing that something devastating you may be experiencing a dry moment in your life i just find it interesting that when that god's the one that says this and he says when i shut up the heavens when i do it and i and i thought about it like when is not will i shut up the heavens when this happens when it happens are we prepared when it happens, living in the wind. When is not will it happen? And I should say this to you personally, that bad things are going to happen. That's, I know that's super positive as a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bad things are going to happen. Things that don't make sense. Things that have nothing to do with anything that you've done. Now, sometimes these bad things happen, like in the context of this passage here, it's because the people turned away from God, which you should understand, if you sow stupid seeds, you're going to reap a stupid harvest every single time. If you sow those stupid seeds, and people are like, well, I, don't, I can't believe God's doing this to me. Well, what are you doing? But sometimes we just experience that stuff, and, and, I, and there's not one individual that I'm saying we're uh, experiencing this culturally it's it's your fault or anything like that, but collectively as a church, man, we lost sight of what's important, and we're living in the the wind, the wind part of it. You may be having something going on, so you're in this moment of, this is where I'm at. As a nation, this is where we're at. We're in the, we're in the wind, the wind. Joey, can you come be my win? Yeah, I need somebody who's Very disastrous to come up here and play this part. Joey, come on up. I'm just kidding. This is the win. So we have the win, and this is where we are culturally right now, although I believe God's doing great things in our church, and I'm really proud of our church because they've kept their eyes focused on what's important. God's blessed us. We've seen people come to know Jesus. You have people that are joining your church. You don't understand, some of you, what's going on behind the scenes right now. So I'm not going to be doom and gloom because I believe that God is moving here at Eastland. But I don't think we need to get our eyes off the prize, off of what's important. I don't think that we need to start just kind of being casual, having that condo Christianity. I think we need to keep pressing forward and keep moving because some of you are going to experience bad things. There could be bad things that happen. I don't know. I'm not a prophet. But I know that bad things happen. And some of you are in... The wind. So he says, when I shut up the heavens, when these things happen. Now some people, Joey, have been living in the wind for a long time. They're just stuck here. Some people collectively have been living in the wind. We've all been living in the wind for 18 months, right? All of us together. By the way, I hate alone together. I used to see those on billboards everywhere. That is the biggest lie that the enemy can perpetuate because alone together, no. The enemy isolates us alone together. We've all been living in the wind. but you personally may be living in the wind. But he uses another word later on in this passage. He uses the word then. Everybody say then. Everybody say when. Everybody say then. Then. When. Then. Brittany, will you be my then? All right. So we got over here, we got the then. And this is the good part of the verse right here that everybody likes. What does he say? Then I will hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. How many of you want that? How many of you want God to hear from heaven? Woo, that's good stuff, isn't it? God, hear us from heaven and let those dry bones come alive. There's nothing impossible for you, God. I will forgive their sin. Wow. Our our sins and our lawless deeds, he remembers no more. God wipes our slate clean. Isn't that awesome? That the things that you've done that are against God, that are out of bounds of God's word, He forgives us of our sin and heal their land. Woo! That's the good stuff right there. The then. We want that. God, heal our land. Do you pray that? God, heal our land. Heal our community. God, we want to experience that healing. And the healing's not always physical either, a lot of times it's spiritual. A lot of times it's spiritual. A lot of times it's a perspective change. But we live in the wind, Joey, and we wonder how we can get to the to the then. How can we get to the then? We got these things going on, and we want the then so bad. But when we're in the wind, we try to willpower ourselves out of the way of the wind into the then. But your willpower is not going to get you to the then. You're going to stay in the wind you understand me you're not going to mandate yourself out of the wind into the then either it's not going to work like that these human weapons that we're trying to use are not going to get us to the then positive thinking won't get you out of the wind we have a lot of nice Pinterest posts that give us a lot of positive thinking and we can post them and share them on Facebook but it's not getting you out of the then because a lot of times it's nonsense, and you're wondering why. Why am I stuck in the wind, and I can never experience the then? I've been wondering this about my own personal life before. I feel like I'm just stuck. I can't get to the good stuff. I'm staying in the wind. Wind is past tense, by the way. We stay stuck in the wind, desiring to get to the then, but we stay stuck in the wind, wanting God to just serve up an answer on a buffet platter, or, or, or a platter, or in a buffet, or as condo Christianity, we want him to get us to the then. I couldn't think of what the platter was called. I, it's been a long time since I spoke. My brain's not firing like it used to. I actually was nervous tonight. I, I was never nervous speaking. Yeah, it's called old age. Is that what it was? It's, 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 it's either nervousness or something's going on in my body. In the wind. In the wind. We want to get to the then. And we expect God to just get us out of it. We have nothing to do with God. We sit around and we protest and we pout and we complain about the wind, that we're in the wind. Wanting to get here, I think everybody wants to experience it. We want to experience healing. We want to experience God's goodness. We want God to hear from heaven. We want God to fix our marriages. We want God to fix our community. We want the drug addicts to stop doing the drugs. We want to see Life Academy grow, which all this stuff. Once again, I'm not saying that our church isn't doing this, but I think as the church as a whole, I've I've heard a lot of really ridiculous stuff come out of the church over the last year and a half the church including mainline denominations are wanting to side more with the culture than they are with christ anything the culture perpetuates they're spouting the same thing they're virtue signaling on social media forgetting that the gospel is the greatest thing that we have and all of a sudden because some doctor Or all of a sudden, because some protest, or all of a sudden, because the the culture is spouting this, we're going to side up with them. No wonder we're not experiencing the blessings of God. Because we're trying to do it in our own power to get to the then. And it's what I was talking about with camping. I go camping. It's a lot of work. But I want to get to the part where, hey, we've got the campsite set up. And it's a whole lot of fun. Chilling out, eating s'mores, going fishing, all of those things. I want to go to the then. So there's a missing link between when and then. You probably caught it in the scripture. When I shut up the heavens that there is no rain. When I send the locusts to devour the land. Pestilence to my people. And then we go to the then. Then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. And I will heal their land. So how do you get from when to then? What's the missing link there? If. The if. What does the passage say? If. It says if. Sounds conditional. Doesn't it? Yeah, God loves you unconditionally. But if you want to experience some things in your life, there are some conditions. There is. When I shut up the heavens, if my people called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and heal their land. If is the missing link. You have not because you asked not. Asking, you shall receive. Seeking, you will find. Knocking, the door will be open to you. Instead of complaining over here, one of the things it says is if my people called by my name would what? Humble themselves and do what? Pray. Pray. Let me ask you something. How much have we actually prayed about the pandemic? Because it seems like to me that all we're allowing to happen, now, and I'm not saying nobody's prayed about it, but it seems like to me is all we're uh, letting happen is is this thing to divide us over stuff that doesn't matter. Jab or no jab. You know what I'm talking about? How often as believers are we praying about it? Instead of letting this stuff divide us, have we forgotten that we still have a God that hears us from heaven? We are his people. His chosen people. Set apart from the rest of the world. We want the then but we're trying to argue our way into the then. We're trying to post our way into the then. When God gives us a, hey, pray. Humble yourselves and pray. If you want these two connected, you got to do the work. You've got to do the work. It's like when somebody comes and tells Pastor Brian, hey, I want to get clean. I want to get off drugs. They want that life where they're free from drugs. But isn't there something in between that they got to do? It doesn't just magically happen overnight. Now, I believe that God can, with one spoken word with one touch I believe that God can make all things new but most of the time it requires some effort did you just get clean like in one day I mean you've had to do the work right a lot of work but now look you're living in the then you're married God's blessed your business you're part of a church God's using you you've seen some of your friends come to know him you put in the work never stop putting in the work So if we want to get to the then, like with everything that's going on right now, church, what I'm imploring you tonight is like, let's pray. And let's not stop praying. You guys can sit down. He says, if my people call by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. Then I will forgive their sins. Then I will heal their land. He first tells us to humbly approach Him. Humility. Humility, God, we need you. Let me tell you something, our nation needs God. I'm not looking for a Christian president, that could happen. I'm not looking for the political system to change. I'm just looking for the people of God to change. I'm looking for the lost to be found by Jesus. We humble ourselves and pray. We drop our pride. We stop trying to fight our way through this. We stop trying to will our way through this and say, God, you know what? We humble ourselves and pray. Blake said something, and I think you said it from somebody else, but prayer, prayer costs you something. Prayer is going to cost you something. Because I'm going to tell you something. I've had a hard time just finding time to pray. And I recognized that that was on me and not on my schedule. I had to make time to pray. I had to lose a little bit of sleep in the morning so I could have time to pray. I had to make an effort to seek after God. And let me tell you something, man. When you start spending time with God, it's not like he always answers the prayers like I expect him to answer the prayers. It's not like he always gives me what he wants. It's not like it's an immediate thing. But I'm telling you something, it does something to your spirit. It does something to change your perspective. And then when God does answer the prayer, it's good. It's worth it. It's worth it. And as a church, too, I'm I'm begging us tonight. Let's pray for this community collectively and individually as well. If God put us here, let's pray. If we see all this nonsense happening in the community, if it seems like it's a dry land, if it seems like there's devastation and we got disease that's ravaging this community, I want to start here. Let's pray for it. Let's humbly ask God to change some things. Humble ourselves and pray. And then he says, seek my face. we got humility in our prayer. And then we're also focused, seeking after the face of God. focused on Him. Man, my focus gets so distracted on my problems. My focus gets so distracted in what's happening around us. My focus gets so distracted on what I lack, what I don't have, what I feel will never change, man. Focus your eyes on Him. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've got issues going on, stop looking at the culture. Stop looking at the media and lift your eyes to the hills and know your help comes from the Lord. Seek his face. Take time and pray. Stop blaming God for something that you won't take time doing. And ask God. To move in your life Ask God to change your perspective Ask God to heal your community Ask God to heal your marriage Ask God to help you Ask God Seek after Him I'm telling you I spent the last couple of years of my life Up and down, hot and cold And not seeking God And you know what not seeking God got me? Nothing More miserable More miserable Man, when I'm seeking God and I'm focused on him and I'm focused on his goodness and I'm focused on He's faithful and I'm focused on that he never leaves me, I don't have to worry about what's happening around me because I know who's with me. We seek his face and it says turn from our wicked ways. This is a big one. This is a decision. Repent. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, we need to repent. And that takes humility. God, I've been going the wrong direction. I'm turning away. And I'm going after you. And as a nation, I can speak from being in the church. We've made the church like a business. made it about clout and shiny new things and really good worship bands and awesome pictures of the pastor. All the while, we may have thousands of people coming into some of these churches, but all the while they're watering down the gospel of Jesus because they don't want to offend people. We have focused on entertainment. We have distracted ourselves. We need to turn from that. And if that's you tonight, you need to turn from those things. There may be something in your life. There's some sin that you've committed. Man, just repent. And turn away from it. If you're living some kind of life, just repent. And turn away from it. Well, what if God strikes me down? What if God is mad at me? No, we have a loving, merciful, patient, long-suffering God. Who's faithful to forgive us. And cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He loves you but you're not going to experience that love as long as you're going the wrong direction, looking at the wrong thing, with the pride that won't let you turn around. We make a decision tonight to turn from our wicked ways because we want the then. We want God to hear. We want God to forgive. And we want God to heal our land. Make that decision turn back towards him I'm proud of this church, I really am for pressing forward like they have but I feel like tonight maybe somebody's coming in here and you're harboring guilt, and you're harboring shame and you're living in the wind you don't feel like it's ever going to change seek after God and turn away from that life you're living when should I do it Now. Now. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to go home and take notes about it. You don't just push it off. You do it now. Here we are. We do it now. We do it now. When do we pray for our community? When do we pray for our nation? We do it now. We do it now. And every day that we have, it's a now. We do it now. We do it now. We do it now. You keep pushing off stuff that you need to know you start, need to start doing. When do you need to start, like, developing a quiet time of prayer? Now. Now. You go home, you get to the next day, you ain't thinking about it anymore. You need to make a decision now. The decision now, this is, this is when I'm going to start doing it. I'm going to start doing it. We're going to seek God now. I'm going to repent now. I'm going to turn from that wicked thing now. I'm going to seek his face now. This is, this is who I'm going to be. Right now, because God said to, to the people of Israel, he said, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that was made in this place. Can I tell you, a child of God, that his eyes are open and his ears are attentive to your prayer tonight? God does hear. God does hear. They are attentive. He says he's chosen and he set us apart, these this, this people of God, that his name may be there forever. We seek him now, now, I am so ready to see God do something, and it may get real bad before, but I'm kind of foolish enough to believe that maybe there's revival happening in places that we don't even know, because people don't know Third Street Eastland Life Church, they don't know us nationwide, but I can tell you when the rest of the world's been chaotic, God has been doing some miracles here. There's been revival happening, and it's going to continue to happen, because you have people that are seeking the face of God.